The Low Post is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. And now, The Low Post. Welcome to the very last Low Post Hoop Collective 2020 NBA Finals joint mashup podcast where the Los Angeles Lakers absolutely demolished the Miami Heat to clinch the 2020 title. I don't even know what the final score was. The Heat made it closer than it was at the end, really. Um, and the storylines with this are myriad. The Lakers get their 17th title, tying the Boston Celtics for most all time. You can dismiss the Minneapolis ones, I guess, if you're a hater. I count them. For some reason, I count them. Okay? And the Celtics fans want to dismiss them. They got to come to grips with nine of their 17 came when there were like nine teams in the NBA and dudes were smoking in the locker room. LeBron James. Um, you still talk- smoke in the locker. They just smoke diff- something different. Uh Okay, uh, we'll, I assume we'll get to this, Wendy. LeBron James um, continues to stake his claim as the greatest player of all time. Fourth championship, fourth finals MVP. I thought he deserved it pretty clearly. We can talk about that if 11, you want. It was 11-0 unanimous vote for MVP, uh, by the way. Okay, that's good intel because I did not know that. And, um, you know, and, and the NBA ends an incredible season. Um you know, people forget now that it worked, that in April and May, the dialogue was the NBA is being irresponsible. Um, they're putting the players at risk. Why are they doing this? This is a profit grab, which, of course, it was. Um, but I thought the basketball was outstanding. This looked and felt to me like a typical NBA postseason in ways other than the pandemic and the bubble. This is a more than legitimate championship for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I, I don't particularly, I, you know, you could argue that it's a special one or means more. I just think it's a championship, period. There is no asterisk. There is no anything. I don't care that the Clippers lost. I don't care that the Bucks lost. I don't care that there might have been turmoil within the Clippers and that the bubble exacerbated it. I don't care. The Lakers are the 2020 champions. They deserved it. And kudos to the NBA for finishing out the season. When do you take any of that? Where do you think we should start here? What's the biggest story? I just have really strong beliefs that winning a championship is so hard, no matter the circumstances, that there's never an asterisk. I'll, I'll never, ever, uh, I got to be careful being so, so, you know, absolute, but I just never believed that. I, 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 and so this year, I thought that the level of play was great. And I thought that the level that the Lakers showed in this bubble was spectacular. They are the absolute worthy champions. Um, I as I watched this finals, I kept going back in my head, and I ended up writing about it tonight, to the soliloquy that LeBron gave in 2018 after the Cavs got down 0-3, and they and they knew it was done, and he knew his time in Cleveland was done, and he knew he was looking for a new chapter. I mean, we didn't know for sure for a few weeks, but he was he was pretty much done, and he talked about how difficult it is to was to beat the Warriors. And he was talking basically, I mean, he was talking in the present, but what he was really doing was describing what the challenge was to figure out a way to beat them. How can I possibly get back to the top of the mountain? Because he knew that he had been outmaneuvered by the Warriors, by Kevin Durant, by the Caps, Spike, whatever. And this just shows you how valuable LeBron James is. And I'm not interested in the discussion about him and Michael Jordan. How could you not be interested? I just don't care about it. 
I will just say that to talk about that is to miss the nuance of what he has accomplished here. He took the heat. I mean, they were a playoff team. He he learned how to be a champion and carried the heat to a championship. He left. <clears throat> they were done. He went to Cleveland. He carried that team to a championship. He left. They were done. By the way, shout out to Dan Gilbert for uh, guaranteeing in the Comic Sans letter that the Cavaliers would win a championship before the so-called King. Yeah, that didn't work out for you. Yeah, but um, he... Uh, I just feel like that's an underrated part of the Comic Sans letter. <laughs> that, you think that's the underrated part of it? There's about 15 parts of it. He comes to the Lakers who are nothing. They are nothing. After this game, LeBron, when he takes the MVP trophy, gives like this thing. Better put some respect on, on our name. Put some respect on Rob Palinka's name. Put some... Look, put some respect on what LeBron accomplished. Again, took a team that was nothing and carried them to this point. Got them Anthony Davis. Got Anthony Davis to sign with Clutch, and then Clutch did their thing and got him there. Got Anthony Davis, got the Lakers this championship. Jordan's circumstances were different. I'm not comparing them, and that's why I, I don't really care about that, that right now. Him carrying these teams, lifting them. The, the, the Heat were not nothing. They had Dwayne Wade. But certainly the Cavs and Lakers and the Heat were not a championship contender. And him just lifting them up and carrying them and doing this over and over and over now. This, is, this championship is about a lot of things, but more than anything to me, it is about the continued greatness of LeBron James. They are here because of him. And... That is what I will walk away from this thinking, is that count on your fingers how many rings, talk about his overall record or whatever. Two years ago, he was done. He had no idea what to do to figure out the Warriors, and he's maneuvered around, and here he is holding the trophy again. And I don't know how long he'll hold it for. I don't know if he'll do it again, but that I didn't think he had it in him again. I thought, he, I thought that was it, and here he is again. Well, I think the biggest story of the year, non- uh, on the court for the Lakers played out in spectacular fashion tonight and in, in Le involves LeBron as a central character. And that is that top down, they came to training camp and said, we are going to kick the crap out of everybody on defense. And it wasn't just their size. Their size was part of it. But we saw tonight, they, they excised their centers completely. They went normal. I won't call it small. They went normal so they sacrificed some of their size and their defense was absolutely spectacular anthony davis will get all the headlines for that and my god i think kendrick kendrick nunn is going to have to go into some sort of psychoanalysis to get the image of anthony davis <laughs> obliterating him at the basket over and over out of his head i, I don't know how he's going to recover I, I respect that he kept going tyler hero ha had a floater where I think it was an eight-foot shot that he left three feet short because he saw Anthony Davis coming. Even, um, even Jimmy Butler, he was intimidated at times by AD. He just wouldn't He wouldn't. Well, go. he was gassed, too, and you could tell he was gassed. There's one play where Caruso got a run-out layup where it started after the rebound. It was even, and, and Caruso just outran Jimmy Butler, and he had nothing left to get back into the play. But I just thought their defense, it's not just the size. It's that, like, when they when you get into drive and kick mode against them, when the Heat got into that mode tonight, they're switching, they're re-switching. They were opportunistic, they were smart, they mostly didn't make mistakes. And I've said it before, but 
that starts to me with the Lakers acquiring Anthony Davis and everybody on the team, including and especially LeBron, realizing, okay, that's the best defensive player I've ever played with. That is how we can be special. And Frank Vogel is a defensive coach. We can talk about him if you want. I think this is just a fun. I think his story is just, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And LeBron recommitted to defense from day one, like he has not since Miami. And and, and they smothered uh, Miami tonight. Yeah, I mean, they, they were a good defensive team all year long. I do think also, like, uh, look, there were times where Rondo looked just done, terrible. There were times when Contavious Caldwell Pope just looked like he shouldn't even be in the rotation, much less be basically the third, you know, guy in this whole thing. You know, there were times where, you know, Danny Green, and he never really fully recovered, but Danny Green just was couldn't make anything. I mean, this was a team that really also came together. Um, you know, I thought Dwight Howard's career was over, as I've said repeatedly. Um I, I thought JaVale McGee was a clown. Um, and, you know, they dealt with some setbacks during the season. They weren't able to get some of the guys they wanted. Um, you know, they had to sort of, you know, they couldn't do anything at the trade deadline because they didn't have enough assets. Uh, you know, Kuzma, frankly, had a terrible year by by what his previous standards were. And Frank Vogel just stopped playing him for a while. I mean, they reduced his minutes way down. Like, there was a lot of different reasons why a lot of people thought, well, this Laker team isn't there, but at the end of the day, they all delivered on their roles. They all played to where their capability was, but the constant through line throughout that was their defense. And it wasn't just the start of the season when they came back into the bubble and they looked terrible. You remember those seeding games? They won the first game against the Clippers, but they really looked sluggish in those seeding games. They still played defense in those seeding games too. They were playing defense back there in July and August. Um, and that is, that did carry them through for sure. And it's a reminder that you do need defense to win. Um, but it's also a reminder that it helps having LeBron James because he buys you the, the, the wiggle room. He buys you the margin of error to allow those players to come into form. They didn't need those guys every single day to get to where they, you know, to the number one seed LeBron and AD, but LeBron mostly because he delivered AD got them there. And so it's just another example. I mean, Zach, of LeBron's supporting casts and his title teams, where does this supporting cast rank? I mean, you have another Hall of Famer, but he's had that before. You know, his his Cavs team, I don't know, AD's so good it's hard to... AD is the best number two he's ever had, edging out 2011 Dwayne Wade. And that was the last time we saw real prime... Superstar, Dwayne yeah, Wade. and and 2016 Kyrie Irving was pretty damn good too. Didn't defend. But, yeah, but, but this, I'm sorry. Apologies to Kyrie. No, no, I, I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to put this in perspective here. Like that, those Heat teams, those were better top to bottom than this Laker team. I think that Cavs team was better. I could debate about with myself about that. My point is, I'm I'm just going back to what I said at the start. This is LeBron lifting these guys up. And they did it at the end, yes, but you know he lifted them to get there to have the chance. Well, and, and I know he you now Caruso up to have the chance. And I know you don't want to have this discussion now, but that will be one of the talking points in the LeBron Jordan thing. Is I think because of the way that LeBron bucked 
what had been the norms of how superstars control their careers. Jumping teams three times, jumping conferences one time. Um, there's this perception that he stacked the deck in Miami, right? Which, of course, the Warriors outstacked him later. And then he comes to Cleveland and he gets Kevin Love out of Minnesota and 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 builds a team there. And Michael did it the right way, did it the old-fashioned way. The old guy stayed with his team, didn't really, you know, he didn't play GM. He took with – he played with the players that got him there. And I think it's led to – and, again, I haven't done the Kevin Pelton deep dive statistical comparison – but I think it's led to Michael's supporting cast, and I don't even like that term because Scottie Pippen ain't nobody's supporting cast. Scottie Pippen is a top whatever all-time player. Anthony Davis will be too. I think Michael's have gotten a little bit underrated um, because of the way that that dialogue has centered around the machinations of how LeBron has done it compared to how Michael has done it. But to your point, I thought an underrated part of the Lakers season was you know, you can't just be a standstill three-point shooter anymore. Like, that's what we all think. Oh, LeBron just needs shooting, like a role man and shooting. Defenses have gotten so smart and so fast that they are going to run Danny Green off the line. They're going to run Kyle Kuzma off the line, unless they want Kyle Kuzma to shoot. They're going to run KCP off the line. Those guys had to make just enough, like, pump fake, dribble, pass plays. And to your point, all of those plays are easier for them because LeBron and AD draw all the attention. And so when they get the ball, the defense is like sprinting to close out on them. Everything gets a little easier. But to their credit, they all made just enough plays to keep the Lakers from stalling out. And and I thought, you know, we saw a lot of examples of those plays today. And like those guys did enough. Like you said, they, none of them had any pressure to score 20 every game. But they did enough. I mean, I know that. I know that there is a certain segment of people, and they are probably not podcast listeners, so I'm probably not even speaking to that group right now. There's a certain segment of people who believe that the game was better in an earlier era. And I'm telling you, it was not even it was it was significantly worse during LeBron's career. <laughs> you know, the other night when I was writing about the LeBron Jimmy Butler showdown, which I felt was the greatest mano imano game of LeBron's career. Um individual one-on-one and I went back when I was, I was writing about it after the game I went back and watched about 15 minutes of clips of when he scored 45 against Paul Pierce and Paul Pierce had 41 in game seven of the 2008 second round so that's the Celtics at their premium uh their first year when they they won the title together starting five still hasn't lost the playoff series Wendy <laughs> that's just, correct. just a reminder still never lost and, and one of them just got another ring. Um, the game compared to, to if you put that group, those guys in today's game, they would be a mess. It, it would be a mess. Um, they, they, you know, like LeBron was a completely different efficiency level player back then. He was like, you know, going 12 of 32 and stuff. Um, it's, it's laughable to comp- like to compare that game to, you know, yeah, he had 45. His usage rate had to be about 45 or 52 or something. Um, the other night he was 15 to 21. I mean, just within LeBron's career, the level of play. I mean, like you look, you, you're going to see whatever you're going to want. You're going to see. I can't help you, but I'm just telling you, you don't have to go back to 1987 to try to make your point or go back to the bad boy Pistons to make your point. Go back to the 2008 playoffs. Hell, go back to the Miami heat, the way they played and the way they defended and the way they ran, that's the way 
a lot of teams play now. The level of play has increased dramatically to what it takes to win a championship, in my view. Unless you think I'm dead wrong here, Zach, because you're a student of the no, last. I, I just think it's different. Years. I think you know. I saw Stephen A. on TV last week um, call this the softest era in the history of the NBA in response to Isaiah Thomas labeling uh, LeBron the greatest player of all time, which is just a delightful development on yeah, like that's, fourteen uh, different levels. Um, that's and, there's something else behind. There's more to that than meets the eye. Oh, that's what I mean. Uh, but. And of course, on some level, Stephen A. Smith is right. Like what the Pistons did to Michael Jordan, they would get thrown out of games now. I mean, it's yes, like th- that's th- correct, and, and and all of that, and like completely true. I the flip side of that just never gets brought up, and I'm bringing it up in a column tomorrow. Spoiler alert: is that the rules are so different. This is why I'm comparing eras is a, is almost a fool's errand, right? I mean, there's only so much you can do. The rules are so different. When Michael went one on one from the triple threat position, you had two choices of defense. He's going to score, or you're going to send a hard double team. That's it. Those are the only choices you have. Now we got zones. We got overloading the strong side. LeBron gets the ball the triple threat position. There's one and a half guys on him, a guy in the baseline passing lane, zoning up on the weak side. It's a strategically more complex game. Is it a harder game? Is it a higher level? Uh, is the is the is the level of talent better? I guess the talent pool is deeper because of international players. The level of, the level of skill that you have to have to play in a finals game today is, is higher. I don't care what anybody says. Now, again, do you have to be tougher? Do you have to, you, you know, is, it, was, there, was there more value put on getting a rebound out of a, a group of seven players in 1989? Yes. The level of skill you got to have today where that where, where the ball is going to rotate around, rotate around, rotate around, you better, you better make that shot. If you don't make 41% of those shots, your butt's getting yanked to the bench. If you don't hit a, a you know, if, if you're not able to do a certain level of efficiency, your butts to the bench, you better be able to move. You better be able to defend multiple positions. You better be able to run past score. That's a different level. You well, can decide whether you think that's better for basketball or not, but the skill and, level is way up. And, and it's, and I think the art, the counter, not counter argument, but the discussion would be, were those skills like um, laying dormant in 1989 and could have been developed had the game been directed from the rules makers on down toward developing those kind of skills? Like were the players not as skilled or did they just not have to develop those skills? Maybe those are the same thing to you. Maybe there's a distinction. We're getting into the weeds a little bit here. The bottom line is LeBron now has four championships, four finals MVPs. I believe there's only four guys in the history of the league that have done that. Kareem, Bill Russell, uh, LeBron, and Michael. And um, it, it went a little bit unnoticed because people don't think of statistics this way. I like to add playoff statistics and regular season statistics instead of – like when we talk about who the all-time leading scorer is, we're just talking about regular season numbers. I like to add them up. Uh, LeBron in game five of this series passed Carl Malone for number two all-time in scoring, regular season and playoffs combined. Carl Malone's still number two for regular season. So I mean, LeBron in 20 playoffs too. It wasn't like he, he was on bad teams that didn't make the playoffs. No, but just like he, he's, you know, he played more of the five game first round series era. Yeah, than I know. I know. Well, LeBron, but I'm just saying LeBron by, by the measure I choose to use is now the number two leading scorer in the history of the NBA. He will be well, number one next well, season. Look, whenever you're, whenever you're doing counting, where you're talking about total volume, number of games matters. LeBron's now played more playoff games than anybody. He's played exactly 81 more playoff games than Michael Jordan. Um, <laughs> That's wild. And um, a season's worth of playoff games, uh, more than Michael. More than Michael. 
Um, and I just think, look, I don't know the answer, but I, I think the argument isn't over yet because I don't see any reason why the Lakers are not going to be in the thick of it again next year. Obviously, they should be. Um, I just know the statistic, cumulative statistics. I think it's now dawning on people. It's going to be a chasm between LeBron and Michael Jordan in cumulative statistics. It's not going to be, oh, he has a little edge here. A little. It's going to be an across-the-board chasm. And the argument for Jordan is going to get narrower and narrower and narrower and still land on this 6-0 and in the finals thing. LeBron is now 4-6. and six. The circumstances of those finals are, are unique, each one of them. I, I just think, again, I don't know what the answer is. I know what the answer is probably going to be in a couple of years, but it's getting close now. Okay. Watching the game tonight, what grade would you assign LeBron tonight's game? I'd be hit a triple double. Well, you just, just but don't don't talk about the stats. What grade would you? What grade would you? A, assign? a minus by LeBron Sooners. A minus by human accomplishment. All right, no, 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 don't qualify it. A minus, okay. right? I agree. I, that's a fair assessment, right? It's a fair assessment. He had twenty-eight points on thirteen of twenty shooting, fourteen rebounds, ten assists, and a steal. One turnover in 41 minutes in an elimination closeout game. What do you want to say? it? And it's not his top 31 finals game. 26 finals game, whatever. Rank him if you want to go through the time. Like, what does that say? That's A-. minus. Yeah, he averaged 30 a game in this series, almost averaged a triple-double. I thought by the end he was uh, he was the clear and obvious M- finals MVP. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was not really a decision by the end of this game. It wasn't a decision for two games ago, after game four. It wasn't a decision. I thought AD in game five was spectacular enough defensively that he had edged up to the point where I'm, TB- I'm almost TBD. I want to see how this game plays out. No, you least. weren't. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. I said that with Simmons on uh, whatever couple days well, that, ago. You know, come on, you know, LeBron after Game Two, I would even, I would even say after Game, well, the Heat won Game Three, but I wasn't there. Right or wrong, I wasn't there. We, I'm going to let you pick a topic. A couple of topics that we should hit before we go are Vogel, uh, the Heat, and um, and and the Lakers next season. You pick whatever you want to talk about. Well, with all due respect to the Heat, this is not a night for the Heat. Hats off. Hats off. Okay, just take your hat off then. We're neither of us are wearing a hat, but I will take my <laughs> metaphorical hat off. Um yeah, I mean uh Frank Vogel, I've said this before, I'll say it again. The day he was named head coach was the day Magic Johnson destroyed the Lakers franchise, called Rob Palinka a backstabber on first take. <laughs> and it was like, All right, so you were the at least the third choice. Um <laughs> You don't have Anthony. They didn't have Anthony Davis at that point, right? Or did they? They didn't, right? I don't think they did. They did not, I don't think. I mean, it looked like they were had a good chance of getting him. But they didn't have Anthony Davis. Yeah, they he, was, he was hired in May. They got Anthony Davis in the summer. Okay. Um, you were at least the third choice. The Arguably the historic face of the franchise arguably, you know, he and Kobe <laughs> he spent the morning destroying everything about the organization. LeBron has just come off his most injured season ever. And it wasn't like it was a career threatening injury or anything, but there was like this feeling like, well, is did LeBron 
is he been reduced to mortal status. They had like, you know, no frame of how to play. Their defense was a disaster. They tried to play fast and it was, you know, they didn't have a style of play. I mean, that's not exactly being handed two aces. Now, as it turned out, when they showed up in October, he did have two aces. But I'm talking about when the hire was made. And Rob Palenka got to that hire. And then, almost as importantly, LeBron supported the hire. And not only did LeBron support it, LeBron, like, he didn't he didn't give any interviews, didn't say anything, didn't tweet anything, didn't do anything. He just showed up at the press conference. And it was his way of saying, I support this hire. But it was a it was a messy situation. And to go from where that was to where we are tonight, even though I know it's been 18 months, I mean, there's been a thousand different moves that Vogel's made in between, but the tone that he set at that press conference, which was, it's all right, everything's gonna be fine. We're gonna have a, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna be a defensive minded team. We're gonna do A, B, C, and D, and we're gonna be fine. It's the way he played and the way he played this thing throughout the whole process. I think it's a great story, and re- it, not only all that stuff he said, but you know, the moment they hired Jason Kidd, all the jokes started getting fired all around the league, within the league, on Twitter about how he didn't was- hire him. He got, no, the Lakers. The, Laker, the Lakers right. hired Jason. Yeah, um, I did. If you said he, I misspoke. Oh, I, um, I, I may have misheard. Sorry. Um, and, and it was a total non-issue. Everyone thought, oh, they'll go one and three and the noise will start about how there's going to be a coup and it's going to be the Spo bump again and all of this. And it never happened. And he handled the situation beautifully. He coached the team like he had nothing to lose, which really was true. People thought he would coach the team scared and he coached the team the other way. That's, he took all those great, circumstances. Great said, point, Zach. I got all, point. I got all my money. I'm the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. If they fire me, I walk away with all this money and I'm fine. I'm going to coach the team my way. And that vibe, I think, permeated the whole team. And it's like I get the the symmetry of Rondo tonight is irresistible. So the 2008 finals, Rondo is for like the middle four games of the finals. He has like 20-something points combined. Goes absolutely berserk in the last game to close out the Lakers and give the Celtics their 17th right. title. He does – he scores like single-digit points in the last three games of this series – Although I thought he played very well in game four when he was one of seven. Um, and then goes 19 points on eight of 11 tonight to help give the Lakers their 17th title. The symmetry is just irresistible. And Rondo, playoff Rondo, it, it yeah. happened again. You know, I, I'm going to go back again to what I talked about at the start. LeBron given that soliloquy. It was, day, it was the day in between games three and four, the 2018 finals. He knew it was over. And not just the game. Not just the series, but the time in Cleveland. And he talked about how Golden State had two MVPs and what a huge, huge thing that that was, Durant and Curry. And he talked about the need to have smart, mindful players, which, interestingly, is what Kawhi talked about this year after the Lakers, after the Clippers got upset. I thought that was interesting in my mind. But he name-checked Rondo twice during that. He talked about how Rondo, how much Rondo impressed him when they first played in the playoffs and how you have to have players like Rondo. And so here he is again, two years later. I know Anthony Davis has not won an MVP like like, uh, Curry and Durant had, but he is an MVP level player. And he had Rondo. He didn't just get, you know, didn't get a player like Rondo. He got Rondo. He was the guy who was the driving force in that signing and re-signing and stuck with Rondo when he had injury after injury and was terrible. 
And here LeBron is again. He's you know he laid out the formula what he needed, and he went and did it, and he did it in Los Angeles. And if he holds up physically, I don't see why he will not. He may not win again, but he will put them set. You know they will again start next season holding two aces. Two aces get cracked. I don't know what the percentage is, but there have been plenty of seasons where he has not gone in holding two aces. He has gone in holding ace jack. I can do this poker you know, metaphor for an hour. He, you know, he has gone in ace king. He has gone in ace 10. He's sometimes king 10, you know, but he's going to go into next season like the Warriors did when those Durant years holding two aces. And even if Rondo isn't back or whatever, he's going to look to find another Rondo, another guy who's smart like that. He's just going to follow this plan. He's going to ride this out. And it, and this is the last act probably of his career. And it's followed exactly the way he was hoping it would go. He didn't, he could not have foreseen this totally, but he felt he had to do it. And I remember Dwayne Wade saying when Dwayne went, when the went back to Cleveland, I remember Dwayne giving this interview and Dwayne saying, I respect that LeBron wants to do this again because to, it was such an energy drain and took so much to build our team up to be a championship team uh, that I wouldn't want to do it again. And then, you know, LeBron shows up in Cleveland and it's a mess and he's got to do that. He has now done it yet again. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. It's also the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering on. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your personalized training in mind. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes help you focus on your needs and goals. They are also made to challenge you with a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, okay? full body strength, marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. Peloton's expert coaches and nonstop vibes, hashtag vibes, will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. And with a wide variety of options, whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. That's onepeloton.com. I went a couple, a couple of things there. You've, you've talked about this a lot. In doing that, LeBron is going to upend your team. Everything about it, okay? Every draft pick is going to be gone for the foreseeable future, right? Roster is going to be turned over. The coach, until Vogel has, will get fired and, and spoke to, like, like, there will be drama. There's drama, okay? And change. And your future will be compromised. When he leaves, the cupboard will be bare because of what happened to help him win while he was there. But you will win. You will be in the finals. You will not be answering questions after the second round about, well, was the chemistry bad? Uh, like, are, does your coach not make enough adjustments to your drop back defense? Um, well, what happened? Why did you guys melt down in the second round? What, what and happened? there will be and there will be extra controversies and there will be social media and there will be passive aggressive stuff. But I, you'll be in the finals. Yes, I have called this the golden. I have described this exact thing. There's the golden bargain, which is why I but still minute, to this day think it was insane for the Cavs to trade Kyrie Irving for a draft pick. But whatever. 
But the bargain is golden, right? That's the point. It's not fool's gold. You'll be in the finals every single year, 10 times now. The only other guys who've been in 10 finals are like dudes who played for the 60 Celtics. Um, and, and let's just, and the second thing is about the endurance, right? But I don't know exactly what Dwayne was talking about, how exhausting it was to build that team, right? Um, we just saw uh, Michael Jordan retired in 1993. I, we still don't really know why, and obviously he suffered an absolutely horrific family tragedy that certainly played a role in that decision. But teammates of his from the 96 to 98 teams, or I guess the 95 to 98 teams because he came back in 95, which for some reason doesn't count. The 1995 season does not count. <laughs> that's right. Doesn't count. Yes, that's um, right. Um, have all said, Kerr has said this on the record many, many, many times. times. We are not winning those three titles if Michael doesn't go play baseball because he needed the break. And in the last dance, he's dead, man. He needs to get out again. And you can blame Reinsdorf, who did a, committed a sin with how they handled that team and not letting them run it back. But LeBron's ceaselessness must be heard. For him to do this year after year after year after year is absolutely incredible. It's unprecedented. And the mental and emotional and physical strain it, it takes – is you have to be in awe of it. And that's what and that's when he took the trophy tonight, when he took the MVP trophy tonight, he said exactly that. I work very hard to be there for my team physically and mentally. And it sounds like something you would just say to fill space to answer a question, but he's not saying that flippantly. You know, especially the mental toll. I mean, my guess is when when the interviews come out, when he does some some more long interviews. Uh, when he does, you know, his, you know, documentary that he'll do on this or whatever, my guess is that he will really talk about the mental toll that this bubble was on him. So that that is not nothing is what you're describing there. Well, and and just let's hit it briefly because we should. The four and six record in the finals. First of all, four is a lot. Four is more than Larry Bird, right? Winning one is hard. You got four now. It's not two. It's four. The six are the two with the Warriors and Durant is just it's the greatest team ever built. I don't know what particularly the second one when Kyrie's gone. There's no chance to win that series. The other Warriors one where Kyrie and Kevin Love are injured. The dude is trying to get Matthew Delvadova and Timofey Mozgov across the finish line. He actually they win two games, which is incredible. So there's there, there's three gone. 2007, young LeBron in his fourth season, way before Michael ever sniffed the finals, drags a not very good Cleveland team to the finals and gets rolled, and he doesn't play well. Okay, I, I can kind of get by that. 2014, Spurs roll the Heat. That's a normal NBA finals. Two really great teams. The Spurs were a great team, and the Heat lose. That's I don't that that would have happened to Michael had he not left in the middle. And early, I'll bet a finals like that would have happened to him where just two great teams collide and the Bulls finally lose. The greatest of all time argument really to me comes down to the 2011 finals. If you can forgive is the wrong word. If you can contextualize that in a broader, in LeBron's broader career, I I'll, think I'll the, do it. I'll do it for you. But, uh, but what you could do in a second, if you can, if you can actually just look at that for what it is. And, and discuss it in broad context, I think the argument's going to sway toward LeBron. If you just, and I and this is a very human thing. I'm not saying the people who think this way are wrong. It's very human, and, and, and I catch myself doing it too. If you just look at what happened in that series and say, 
it never would have happened to Michael Jordan. He got scared. He got yeah. passive, and his yeah. team got destroyed in the end. Michael That's was right. six and zero, oh, and he was alpha, and he was going to take your soul every time. Like it really comes down to that series. And if you just can't get past what happened to LeBron, that the greatest of all time can't have a moment like that in basketball where one player controls so much, then you will never consider him the greatest player ever. And it's really when you really what you're really talking about when you talk about is he clutch? Does he have as many big shots as Michael? Does he have as big moments? The answer to all those questions, by the way, is yes, yes, and yes. You're really talking about that one series and how it made you think of LeBron. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but that's really what you're talking about. I will sum it up for you in LeBron's finals career in one paragraph. He lost one he should have won. He won one he should have lost, which in my view... 2016? No. Hold on. I have an old special category for that because the the Spurs won. They were, you know... Oh, sure. Yeah. They're down five points with 28 seconds left, and they they win that game, and then he he has has a brilliant... And he has has two bad turnovers in the last minute of that game. So he he lost when he should have won. He won when he should have lost, and then he delivered the greatest one of the greatest comebacks in sports history. The rest of them have gone chalk, including this one. He was favored in this one, and he won it. He was favored against Oklahoma City, and they won it. They were not favored against Golden State in the other three years, and he lost them. And I would say that the 2017 Cavs team, the team that went 12-1 and through the the East playoffs, granted it was the East, but it was still 12-1, and and then with the only team to beat Golden State in that run, they lost 4-1, but they were the only team to take a game off Golden State in the playoffs. I would argue that that team is a is a is a is a championship level team that just happened to I, run into that buzz. I thing. can tell you for sure that everyone in that Cavs team is one thousand percent confident if they face the Warriors again and Kevin Durant is in Boston or Oklahoma City or wherever he is, they are winning that series. And that is to me, that's the greatest what if of LeBron's career. That team was special. It's the best Cleveland team he played on. I don't really think it's that close. Agreed. And and they just were out. They were they gave it a run in game three. That's they're down 2-0, and they that's the Kevin Durant pull up three on LeBron's face game that that wins that game and effectively ends the series. Um if 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 Durant is not in those finals, wherever he is, or maybe he is and the Cavs the Cavs face his normal-ish great team and beat him. That that changes his finals record. We we could go on and on about what it could change, but does it well, change? Well, and then you that? bring in 2015, where they where they lost Kyrie. I mean, they lose in overtime and lose Kyrie in game one, and then they win game two and three. I mean, forget about love. If they had just had Kyrie, who knows? Well, and if they if they win 2017, does Ky does it go haywire with Kyrie anyway, I, or does I don't it come know. back? I, I'm just saying, like. Which of these? Which of the finals that he lost was he supposed to win? If you say 2011, I say okay, you are correct, sir. Congratulations, check mark. Good job. Now let's talk about the Spurs one and the and the war and the Warriors one. You're still in my mind. He's plus one. He's still plus one. I'm you just know? saying. <laughs> so like, it... I mean, like, if, like if you're gonna actually hold against him, 2015, where just two of the three best players got hurt. 
If you're going to hold against him 2017 and 18, where he was completely outclassed, and you're going to hold against him 2007, where, again, he's completely outclassed, if you're going to hold those against him and say that that is only on his record and there's no circumstances, and you block all of that out and say Jordan was 6-0 and and you build an iron box around it and say, I don't want to hear another word, well, then you're not going to hear another word from me because I don't want to talk to you about it because you're not willing to have a the conversation box, about it. That box is going to get – it will always exist. I disagree. It's, it's, it's get, not moving. It's not moving, Zach. But it will get smaller and smaller as more evidence starts no. to matter. Well, maybe. From, I, from every I don't side. Think, I don't think that it will. This is why I'm not, even though we're stuck into it now, I'm not interested Sorry. in the conversation. I'm not interested in it because it's not, you either, you're either going to have a conversation about it or you're not. And most people who are on, you who, who are not willing to have the conversation about it are not worth even trying to have the conversation with. I just think it's interesting because LeBron had this very human thing happen to him where he reached a stage and he got rattled. And Michael... And this is not the creation of hindsight. You and I grew up with Michael Jordan. Michael was inevitable. Michael, it didn't matter if the finals was 2-2. Without he was question. down to the Knicks in 2-0. Without there was question. never – maybe I'm speaking only for myself, but I, many of my contemporaries that are worked with teams now have echoed this. There was never one second when I thought Michael Jordan's teams would ever lose in the playoffs. Not one – once they conquered the bad boys. There was not one second, and he was – he was not human in that way. He was impervious to all the frail. Well, the Pacers series, there was a, a little wiggle, but no, never, n- never for one second did I think the Pacers were going to win that game. <laughs> as as an observer, I, I I was like, this is weird. They're down twenty to seven. This is like certainly not what I expected. But I, I, it's it's Jordan, and and that was. But, but which of those, like, like I think the Lakers were favored in that first series, right in ninety one, no. weren't? No, they weren't. No, not that I, not that, I mean, it's a long time ago. I don't think I remember being shocked that they won the first game on the Sam Perkins three pointer. Okay. Well, maybe my flawed, but I mean, like the Bulls were the heavily favored team because of Jordan for all those, though. Yeah. And yeah. And that, that Jordan was always the chalk, right? Jordan was always chalk. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is, we have, we have multiple years to, to, to do this because <laughs> LeBron ain't going anywhere and the Lakers ain't going anywhere because they have, you know, Anthony Davis, who's like 27 years old or 26 or whatever he is, at 27, I think, and amazing. Um, well, they, they, I mean, what we'll do follow this up in many more podcasts because we are going to have months off here. But the Lakers, sw- something swings to their advantage here because there's not going to be as much free agent money available than the next year. And maybe even the year after that, there's going to be a bunch of guys. There may not be enough money out there where players may just make decisions and say, if, if I can't get the kind of money I was thinking, I'm just going to go play with LeBron and play with the Lakers because this looked like a lot of fun for all those guys who didn't want to play with LeBron and, he, and the Lakers had that losing streak. If you're, if you're a free agent to be, and you watch this, it looked like a lot of fun the way they played. Well, they earned it 16 and five in the playoffs. Um, it's a damn good record. It stacks up with, you know, some of the best teams ever, most of the best teams ever. I don't think they're in that conversation really for a single season dominance, but they're a hell of a team. They're a worthy champion. And um, it's a little surreal to be sitting here, I got to tell you, um, on October 11th, saying that the 2020 NBA season is over. It's been really a wild ride on many, 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 many different fronts. And um, I am glad 
I am glad that we got to have it, and I'm gl- I'm glad that the NBA pulled it off because it, it I'm also glad out. that the games were awesome and representative, and the ratings weren't good, and there were challenges, but that was a race for a championship. That was a race for a championship, and, and the Lakers won it. And the Heat were a legitimate finalist. And have a, have a great future, hopefully, ahead of them. And Jimmy Butler cemented his place as a true blue oh, yeah. NBA superstar. Um, not a great two-way player. Not a uh, you know, fringe superstar. Not can he be the number one option on a championship. Just, uh, just call him what he is. He's a superstar. But LeBron is the superstar of superstars. The Lakers are champions again. And, uh, Wendy, these have been fun, even though we're yeah. usually doing them courtside and we get, like, you know, players to pop in and coaches to pop in and the confetti's in our hair and all that. This has still been fun, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Zach. And thank you to our producers, Andrew Hahn and Troy Farkas and all the great guests that we had during this time. Chris Bosch, Nick Nurse, Kendrick Perkins, David Fisdale, um, Doris, Doris Burke. Burke. Um, and thanks for listening. See you next season, everybody. Mm-hmm.